Let me ask you, are you someone with hair? Well, if you answered yes to that question, do I have the product for you? Visit ModernMammals.com and use code MAYO for 10% off because the goal with Modern Mammals is to try and keep your hair and head natural. Since I've been using it, that's exactly what I've experienced. I very much prefer it. I don't know if I'm ever going to switch back. Probably not, to tell you the truth. And this means that it doesn't distort your pH balance and natural oils like shampoo would. Unlike shampoo, the products don't have a harsh detergent that suds up and dries out your head and hair. It's just lighter than traditional shampoo. And unlike conditioners, it doesn't leave hair limp and frizzy. Like, you don't want that Seinfeld in the shower like Rory McIlroy had it once too, where it's just like a, a mop on your head. You don't want that. And if you use modern mammals, that's not going to happen. It's designed to make your hair feel thicker. And my hair at the moment feels so thick, you can't even pull it out. Plus, the products are easy to rinse out, so there's no leftover residue to weigh hair down. So, Go to ModernMammals.com and use code MAYO for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code MAYO. Don't forget to use my promo code MAYO so they know I sent you. More details in the description. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Week four, rankings, debate, by position. You want a position, you hit the time codes, you figure it out from there. You want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings? Easy stuff. Pat Mayo Experience, DraftKings, Listener's League, $15 to play. Three max entry, no rake for the entire tournament. All the money stays within the prize pool. The link is now open. It is down in the description. If you're looking for the best tools, be it for betting, DFS, whatever, you want to make your own projections, super easy. You can run 10,000 simulations of any slate in less than 10 seconds. I was going to say less than five seconds because that's what it takes for me, but I have really good internet. I don't know about you, but less than 10 seconds for everyone else. Runthesims.com slash Mayo will get you 10% off the weekly, the monthly, the annual. You can always upgrade after the fact. Highly recommend if you're serious about winning that you take a shot on the weekly. Runthesims.com slash Mayo. Jake Seeley from theathletic.com is on the line. Sir, how are you? I am doing well. I actually even dropped a reference to you in my show that I just did because of what was it? The uh, human Dorch that you said? Oh yeah. You said that, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty, that, that, that's one that's on the table there. That might not even be mine. I don't know, but it's just, we were joking about it. There's a layup for that one. There was another one too. That's a pretty good layup. I mean, that, that sounds like more of a you than me, but I, I, I'm going to go with it for, for the moment until I come up with something better. <laughs> you're going to take, well, you're going to take credit because, yeah, because I definitely have the worst ones between us. There was one, you'll probably say it in the show at some point when we're running through the ranks. I'll say, that's the one, because there was another one when I was just doing the show with Stepmom Lauren, and I referenced, I even said, credit to Pat Mayo for the next game. Well, if you want to check out all of the rankings, that's easy stuff. They're all down in the description. You can search them at patmayo, dknation.com. 
They'll be updated every single day throughout the week. So don't worry about that because what the rankings look like today, I mean, if you guys start playing and get activated, all of a sudden that the rankings aren't going to look. We're going to talk through all of those situations right now. Let's get into the rankings. First up, we got the running backs and I got Saquon Barkley at number one in the rankings this week. Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris coming in one, two, three, four, five, followed by Austin Eckler. Leonard Fournette, Derek Henry, Khalil Herbert at number nine. Obviously, that assumes that there is no David Montgomery for the moment. And then we have Alvin Kamara at number 10. Joe Mixon against that pesky Dolphins team. Number 11, Aaron Jones, Cordero Patterson, Jamal Williams, assuming no DeAndre Swift, which is looking more and more like by the moment that he might miss multiple weeks now. Damian Pierce, James Robinson, Alexander Madison, assuming no Dalvin Cook, James Conner, Antonio Gibson, and A.J. Dillon. At number 20, if you're looking for Ezekiel Elliott, Jake, he is in at number 21. Let's talk about Khalil Herbert to kick things off because after David Montgomery went down, he was kind of splitting the workload. And then the second half, it was all Herbert all the time. But Montgomery might still play this week, right? Mm, that sounds dicier than the Dalvin Cook situation. They said it sounds positive, but it was his knee and his ankle and he left and didn't return. So... I don't know. They were checking out in the locker room. Uh, obviously, didn't have the concussion doctors that Tua had in this whole situation. But yeah, so I, I, I'm more skeptical. I think it's probably at least a week. And obviously, this is what Tuesday midday, so we could get some news by Wednesday, Thursday. But I would be, I would lean more on the side that Herbert's playing or Herbert's going to be starting no Montgomery than Dalvin Cook being out. Well, uh, do you think that I have him ranked too highly at number nine then? No, because we've seen this before. And he's, oh, by the way, facing the Giants team was just let Tony Pollard look like the god. And Ezekiel Elliott did fine. And I don't, I'm like, what did they run for like 200 yards and a touchdown in that game against the Giants? So they get the Giants. And we've already seen Khalil Herbert last year. We've seen Khalil Herbert, which is why he was one of the top end backups to have with Jamal Williams, Khalil Herbert, Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard. There was a very select few, about five, six, seven guys. He's one of them because we've also seen him be the bell cow and see him get all the work. Sure. Ebner might get some touches, but it's going to be 80% Khalil Herbert. And that's what we like so much about him. So let's talk about the Alexander Madison situation for a moment. Then obviously I have him inside the top 20. I would have him higher if I knew that Dalvin cook was for sure going to be out, but I run into this circumstance where I look at the matchup. It's the London early game against the saints. And if the saints can still do one thing, although that was not evidence into week one, it's stop the run. So I like him. I think that if Dalvin Cook is not there, obviously he's going to get the majority of the touches in the backfield. But it's not like Devin, Delvin Cook was lighting the world on fire to begin with. And now you get one of like the top five run defenses in football. I just think that Justin Jefferson eats so much in this game because the Saints pasty in the zone coverage really hasn't been good. Jefferson destroys zone coverage, which we haven't seen the past two weeks for Minnesota. So I'm, I like him as a start, but not a high end start. I just much prefer Herbert in that spot. Yeah, I, I definitely prefer Herbert as well. I prefer I, who have in front of him. I uh, would play Joe Mixon and, you know, all the rest of these names where I think Alexander Madison's in a fair spot down there with James Robinson and Damian Pierce. Uh, you might, I, you know, if we knew definitively, I'd probably say Madison over Damian Pierce just because of their teams. And like you said, they weren't lighting the world on fire with Dalvin Cook, but still I'll take their teams and take the scoring opportunities for their offenses. Uh, Pierce being the lesser of the two. So it's not like I'd move at Alexander Madison inside the top 12 in front of Aaron Jones, but I mean, we're talking about two or three spots. Basically, if Dalvin Cook 
as out, you're playing Alexander Madison if you have him. I, I can't see anybody having that many flush at running backs to be able to sit Alexander Madison. Uh, what do you do with Cordero Patterson? Is it just plug him in every single week and live with the results? I just I tweeted it on Sunday, Pat. I said he's my new DJ Moore from past years. And yes, DJ Moore this year has been terrible. But if you remember what I always tell you, I'm ranking DJ Moore at 18. He's not moving up. He's not moving down. It's either going to be way too high or way too low. DJ Moore is either going to finish his wide receiver eight or 48. There is no in between with DJ Moore. That's Cordell Patterson now. So I, you have him a little higher than I'm going to rank him. I'm just going to rank him. At, I said 18. And that might be the number. But as a top 20, you just said it, though. It's basically for the realistic fancy comparison. It's peak Deshaun Jackson years, you're just going to have to play him and eat it. You're going to, because if you try to play the matchups, you're going to guess wrong on some of them. And you have to understand that probably about a fourth of his games are going to be miserable. A fourth of his games are going to be league winning, game changing type of situations. And then the rest of the time he's going to be usable. So just put him out there and live with it. Uh, James Robinson back inside the top 20. I'm mad that his Achilles is so much better than Cam Akers. Maybe he's just way better than Cam Akers. And I read that entire (laughs) situation completely wrong. But no. it just seems like, I mean, Jacksonville, they're not committed to running the ball, but they're committed to running the ball with James Robinson, then using ETN as the pass catcher. They're going to get him his work, but like he was taking direct snaps. It seems like they do want to gadget him up a little bit. And this just feels like a very high-paced game to me, where Jacksonville, if they can be competitive with the Eagles, that they're going to want to try to control the clock a little bit. I feel like that's going to be a lot of James Robinson. And it feels like outside of week one, when Detroit was able to run all over Philadelphia, they haven't really been tested in the run game that maybe they're not as good as some people are making them out to be. I can definitely see that to go to the back to the Cam Akers thing real quick. I don't think it has anything to do with the Achilles. I think Cam Akers looks good. I think Cam Akers, Sterling Shepard until he blew his ACL last night. And now James Robinson have all proved that Achilles is kind of in the past of being a major concern. I still wouldn't say, Oh, you come back from Achilles. Like you come back from an ACL because even ACLs aren't perfect at this point either. But I think we're putting the concern of losing your career over one is in the past. The difference is, is where James Robinson it's clearly like that 60, 65% role in Travis Etienne is the pass catching third down and long, that kind of role situation where we missed on, and I missed on Cam Akers because I said it a million times, people probably got tired of me saying this, is that they use Cam Akers as a bell cow with the playoffs and the Super Bowl on the line, despite having Daryl Henderson back for a game, despite having Sony Michelle out there as another option. And they still went Cam Akers, Cam Akers, Cam Akers, which is said, well, that looks like it's going to be a bell cow this year. It's not what happened with him. It's a hundred percent 50, 50 split. And Cam Akers had the better game. Cam Akers looked good, got more carries, but the concern was Daryl Henderson still got a rushing opportunity inside the 10 yard line. Daryl Henderson still getting the passing game work. It's just, that's a 50, 50 James Robinson's role is not. And I think that's the difference. Do you think that I may have Alvin Kamara overranked at number 10? That one felt a bit dirty putting him into the system. I was just like, well, and then I started scrolling through the other available running back options for the week. And, you know, Minnesota early game, he's another week removed from this rib injury. I mean, he put the ball on the ground against Carolina last week and that kind of derailed his week a little bit, but feels like you can run on Minnesota. No problem. You can I'll actually look at right now to go back to what you were talking about with the saints. So even with the you know, week one performance, the saints are still fourth and rush EPA. So for everybody out there that knows what the EPA is, Minnesota is 25th. They're down with the Detroit Lions, the Patriots, the Ravens, the Eagles on the rush defense side of things. So I think that, yeah, you could definitely run on them. 
Alvin Kamara, I don't know if I would have him quite that high, but I still have him definitively inside the top 20. I don't think you can go away from him. You mentioned the fumble. Uh, that was potentially turning into a scoring drive. They missed two field goals. Like, people want to blame Jameis Winston for that game, and he made some mistakes, but that team just kind of was just sideways from the jump off. So I'd say in this situation, you got to roll out Alvin Kamara. Maybe if you want to nitpick and say, you know what? That might be one. Like maybe you were sitting on Alexander Madison and Khalil Herbert. And then you you know what? For one week until I see him get right, I'll bench Kamara. But that would be a tough one. That goes back to like last week of having the conversation of, do you really bench Tom Brady for Carson Wentz? And like that definitely didn't work. But that was more because Carson Wentz just went full Carson Wentz. It is. And you're going to have to live with that when it happens. But I mean, it's not like Tom Brady was absolutely lights out fantasy wise in that game. Here's what I will say. It, it, you mentioned it's London. That field has proven to be an issue sometimes if there's weather. If there is, this is like the Washington field. I is would say this, if... Is it the same field, though? Because I feel like they're now until they've been in a new stadium the last two years. I, I should probably look into this. Wait, which we, one are they at? They, they did right play now. at Wembley to start off with, but I don't believe that they're at Wembley anymore. Okay, no, this one's at Tottenham. So I have no idea. So Tottenham, I'd have to look to see. that. I, I, I know that... The other, the messy field was the Wembley field, right? Yeah. That's what I'm remembering. I have to look on, look into that. So, you know, maybe that's your tie break either way, even if the field looks nice, because, you know, that's the stadium's not built for a football field. Um, well, this football field, uh, I would say that, you know, if weather becomes an issue, maybe that's your tie break. Well, I want to kind of scroll down and look at Kamara here and why I have him at 10 to kind of explain myself just a little bit. You have... Joe Mixon right, uh, right behind him at number 11. He's still dealing with his ankle injury. He didn't play towards the end of the game. Smajay P. Ryan, that's why he was in there. It's like he's going to play, but I don't know how close to 100% he is. And I just prefer the matchup with New Orleans. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is the lowest end running back one you could ever have because some weeks he's just not going to do anything in the weeks that you do have him and he does stuff. He's going to be like the best running back of the week. So 12 with the risk reward that goes along with it is there. Cordero Patterson, we've just talked about him. Damian Pierce isn't going to catch the ball ever. He's sort of like 80% Nick Chubb at this point in a worse offense and a team that's still not as good at running the ball, but he's going to get those opportunities. Spoke about Robinson, spoke about Madison. I guess the one to circle back to is Jamal Williams because DeAndre Swift's shoulder seems like it is out of joint, a lot like Dalvin Cook's is at the moment. The weird thing about Dalvin Cook is he's had this issue a whole bunch of times before. It sounds like he might end up playing. I don't know in any good conscience if I could start Delvin Cook because the risk of re-injury <laughs> would end up being so high. But that if he was active, that would obviously bump Madison way down, not to like 50. I'd still start Madison over Cook, even if Cook was active for this week only. But he wouldn't be as appealing of a play because they would probably start Cook. They'd mix them both in. But Jamal Williams is really the one that I'm struggling with right now. So no DeAndre Swift, but I don't think that his role is going to change. Now, the good thing is that it's a good role. He gets... The, all the carries on the ground, he gets all the goal line touches out of the backfield, and this offense just continues to score points week after week after week, and that probably shouldn't change against the Seahawks, who were just pitiful on the defensive side of the ball. So I like him, but I'm not vaulting him up thinking that's like, oh my God, 30 touches incoming for Jamal Williams. Now, they'll use Craig Reynolds. They'll use some scrub at the back of their roster. This is just what this Justin team Jackson. Yeah, Justin Jackson, so who's who's been active on special teams, but he might actually get like five carries this week. Yeah, but if we're going pure pecking order here, so assuming as the ranks are with no DeAndre Swift. Correct. Uh, I I would play Jamal Williams over Joe Mixon and that not knowing it. Like, he didn't come back to the game, and I know they said there he sounds like he's fine, but it's also a Thursday night game. You mess, mess, mentioned the fact with Miami. 
Uh, I would go Jamal Williams at this point over Alvin Kamara, not knowing like what his, if he's a hundred percent and how that offense kind of looks like a mess. So I would put Jamal Williams at 10. I wouldn't put him over Derrick Henry and Fournette and Eckler and stuff like that. But the workload is good. The only thing, the only way this goes sideways is what you talk about Matt Ryan. Sometimes is if the lions galaxy brain themselves and they're like, yeah, let's, let's give all the goal line carries to Craig Reynolds, not overuse Jamal Williams. And but so that's the only way because you just mentioned it. The Seattle, Cordero Patterson, the entire Atlanta offense. What did what the Atlanta offense average in yards per carry in that game? Like eight? Like, I mean, if you take into consideration Mariota's fumble and call that a rushing attempt, it probably brings it down a little bit. I got, I got to say, Atlanta's offense in terms of pure concentration is about as good as it gets for fantasy players. It only goes to three people. <laughs> Oh, the, the target share between London and Pitts is amazing. It's uh, it's it's old school Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. 55, 60% of the team targets are going to two guys. Well, let's jump into the rest of the rankings, 20 and beyond, where people have real start-sit decisions right now. So Zeke at 21, I'm not buying that he's back. I'm buying that he played the Giants, but he's still going to get a ton of work. He's going to get goal line <laughs> carries. That's going to work. So he's 21. Brees Hall, 22. Kareem Hunt, 23. Devin Singletary, Javante Williams, Rashad Penny, Tony Pollard, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Josh Jacobs, Jeff Wilson, and then we get into some names that people might want to start considering. Ramondre Stevenson, who's playing more than Damian Harris right now. Chase Edmonds, who, for whatever reason, is getting the goal line work over Raheem Mostert, although Mostert's still playing like 70% of the snaps. Kind of like Mostert <clears throat> this week, actually, but not enough to trust him. Edmonds' role is much safer. Michael Carter, J.K. Dobbins, Melvin Gordon, Mostert, Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, ETN, and Damian Harris. That's the entire top 40 this week. We have a Melvin Gordon problem, sir, and we have a Denver offense problem. Like, I know we all want Javante to be awesome, but I can't in good conscience rank him inside the top 20 anymore unless unless he's going to do that thing he did week one where he gets 10 catches, which doesn't really seem to be a part of the game plan. No, we talked about this in the offseason, and if, you know, before the signing happened, I was with everybody else, Javante Williams, top 10 running back, and as soon as Melvin Gordon came back, you know, there's people out there, like, I even made the joke that other people had made before me is that, like, they did everything they could not to bring back Melvin Gordon, but they still did, and Melvin Gordon's still a significant threat, and they're still not going to go away from him, as we've seen, so, yeah, we do have a Melvin Gordon problem, but also, it's the all the jokes about Russell cooking, blah, 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 and he's working on a crappy stove or he can't cook or he can't do the kitchen's clothes. But this is a legitimate concern. The legitimate concern is that this offense right now stinks, and it's not all Nathaniel Hackett. It's Russell Wilson is just not playing well. Whether it's the new team, the new offense, uh, we've seen quarterbacks before where it takes some time. I keep referencing Eli Manning at the peak of his career. I think it was somewhere around – uh, 2011, tw- I don't know, whatever the years where they switched offensive coordinators and it took about four weeks before he got on track and then he played better. It's still Eli Manning playing better, but there might be where Russell Wilson's just getting used to it for having played all those years with Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks, but whatever it might be. Uh, yeah, you cannot trust Javante Williams over even A.J. Dillon is the second half of the split Antonio Gibson until Brian Robinson comes back. So I think he, I might have him like a spot or two higher, but I think you can't really argue for him to be inside the top 20. I, this is going to be hard to do for your season long lineups. Although if you have like bad running back situation or you have a, you know, a bad flex situation, I do think that Rashad Penny is a, in a very good spot against Detroit this week. It should be. He should be. Whether or not, yeah, just whether or not you trust that Travis Homer and DJ Dallas aren't going to be involved in well, in the well, tra- Travis Homer banged up his ribs. I don't think he's going to play. Okay, so DJ Dallas, there you go. 
I feel better about that. <laughs> DJ Wiki Wiki Dallas, as you DJ always say. Wiki Dallas, exactly. You got to go pay to see him at like one o'clock at an after party if you want to see what his ribs are really like. I just don't think he's going to be playing for Seattle this week against Detroit. Okay. So, you know, if it was down to Penny and Walker only, I would feel better about Penny, but I just don't like their usage with all three of them. Uh, he was playing, he played like 70% of the snaps this week, which is nice to see in a game where they basically... You really I mean, trust like, that's going to happen again? No, I don't trust that it's going to happen. But when I kind of look at the, like even looking at defensive DVOA against the run so far this season, now you can kind of factor out that, hey, Detroit's run defense has been abysmal, but they've been pressing the pace so often, except for against Philly. And I mean, Philly ran all over them at the same time in that game too. But Dalvin Cook just had a great week against them that maybe they get out by so much that Seattle can't run the ball based on with how they've been playing. But I think if this is a competitive game, the line would suggest that it is that I could see Rashad Penny 15 to 20 carries in this game. That's how Seattle will want to play it. And if that's the mm -hmm. case, I think you can light these guys up. I, I would think so too. To go back to your point about you're talking about DVOA. If you look at the EPA uh, all, as well, it's Falcons are the worst Falcons, Giants, Eagles, Patriots, Lions fifth. Despite, as you said, they're like pushing the pace and like teams have been passing and like they're still terrible against the run. And, and to make mention of it, DVOA through three weeks against the run, the war, the, yeah, the best teams in the league, Jacksonville, Indy, San Francisco, Buffalo, the Rams, Kansas City and Miami. And then when you sort down the other way, you got Green Bay, Minnesota, Houston, New England, the Giants, Atlanta, Cleveland, Philly and Detroit are the worst so, teams so far similar teams it. a little bit different order yeah it's yeah. just it's it just the formulas are different going in but as long as they're spitting out the same collection of teams that's why i'm talking about top 10 bottom 10 in the middle can kind of go either way based on the week and it's not like teams can't have a good run stopping week or a bad run stopping week if they're a good run defense but this is one of the things that we can usually point to year over year that does create problems for running backs mm, exactly and that's what would be my concern is again jacksonville inside top five on, on the EPA. Jacksonville's good. I told you that it was coming this year. So hey. happy about the Jaguars. Yeah, that's good. You, you can call it all you want. I'm the one who cashes in bigly on that bet to win the division if it happens. Uh, dude, I told you I actually had two two bets with them. Division yeah. and the AFC. That one's just because I was feeling freaky. I was going to say frosty. I, was like, I had a free bet. Feeling frisky with frisky. the Jags? Frisky. frisky. Thank, thank, there. Yeah, I had a free bet, so I threw it out there to win the AFC. What do you make of Stevenson versus Harris? This comes down to things we talk about a lot. It's basically Penny versus, you know, Ken Walker. Is I want the pass catcher. I want the one more involved. I've been team Damian Harris, uh, mostly because he continues to get the goal line opportunities. He got the goal line rush. He got the goal line touchdown. Like James, but the difference is, unlike James. Here's the, here's the thing. How many goal line opportunities are there going to be anymore? <laughs> right, with Brian Hoyer. So what I'm going to is like, that's part of it. And unlike James Conner, it's not 70%. And all the goal line work. Leonard Fournette, 70, 80%, and all the goal line work. It's 50 and the goal line work. So if you're going against Green Bay, uh, not worried about their run defense, as mentioned, but I am worried about Brian Hoyer at quarterback. So that's where I, I kind of draw the line is that that's a tough one. So I'll lean towards Ramondre Stevenson, but this could just be a completely blown up offense this could be just it doesn't matter like you don't want anybody all of a sudden we were like we only want the two running backs this might be like now we want nobody uh what do you make of my Brees hall at 22 michael carter at 33 i was really surprised 
last week because we kind of penciled in Michael Carter for the pass catching role, Brees Hall for the work on the ground. Now, a lot of those targets watching that game came during the end of the first half, two minute drill where they just had Brees Hall on the field the entire time. And I think they passed to him four consecutive times. So that's going to skew the stats a little bit, but it was very clear that the transition is being made. But we're going to talk about the Jets a little bit in this show because it does look like Zach Wilson is coming back. Do we worry about how much he features some of these running backs in the passing game? And that just might be a Flacco thing. I think that you do legitimately worry about that. Joe Flacco has been throughout his career, destined to destined, like determined to involve throwing to his running backs. So I think that's the concern too, is that even when you mentioned that the four straight and that play and that drive and all that type of stuff is this, the full on snap count, even if it was the one drive and you didn't come off the field. This, the point being is 30 pass snaps for Brees Hall, 26 for Michael Carter. So even if you want to say, let's just take out that drive because it's, the point is it's that close now it's at least 50, 50, which is the concern as you mentioned. So I mentioned last week that Brees Hall, it looks like they're starting to move towards him slowly. And this is another slow movement. I don't think it's full on panic time on Michael Carter. I don't think he's going to completely erased from the equation, but you just mentioned the biggest option here is their biggest factor is that Zach Wilson might throw to wide receivers more and kind of, check down six times the entire game. And now you're talking about three and three, four and two, or something like that. Uh, he might have a fondness of turning to his tight ends that get the Tyler Conklin use continuing to roll out there. So I, I think it's definitely concern. I don't think Brace Hall at 22 is a bad rank because of the matchup. And if you're looking for even knowing their roles in this game, even if it was Joe Flacco, this is more or should be more of a Brace Hall opportunity. So I don't hate it. The only the only rank that I really, I mean, nitpicking some of these, a few spots higher, a few spots lower. The one that I have is one we've had the entire offseason, the entire season to start, and it's been two different players because now it's Jeff Wilson. I pushed for Elijah Mitchell, pushed for Elijah Mitchell, and then I pushed Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson. You just don't love some 49ers running backs. Uh, I don't love the 49ers running backs by and large, but I haven't number 30, but this is mainly matchup based for me. I just think it's incredible. It's not difficult. a good matchup. I just, I think it's very difficult to run on the Rams twofold. One, it's hard to actually penetrate their run defense and the way that they can control the clock through the passing game. Weirdly enough, I think that their offensive style will cause some problems for the 49ers defense and keeping them on the field. I think they're going to light them up in terms of the scoreboard, but I can see the Niners playing more of a bend don't break defense this week, which just means a lot of time of possession for the Rams. And it's a bad match. It's one of the worst matchups you can have anyway. Plus we have seen Kyle use get more and more involved in the passing game over Jeff Wilson. Now Wilson did fine against the Broncos. That's great and everything. But once you have that pesky use check, stealing targets, stealing a goal line rusher too, it just, it drops his floor to the point where he's a flex to me. He's not a running back too. No, I, I definitely get it. I just would have him a little bit higher. By the way, to pull it up, to go back real quick, because I do want to bring this up for the Breeze Hall thing. I was pulling it up while we were talking about this discussion. It's for the past, basically since Zach Wilson came into the league, the gap isn't as bad as I thought it was. It's only three percentage points of Joe okay. Flacco throwing to running backs and Zach Wilson throwing to running backs. Zach Wilson's in the range of Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow in the 18% range. Okay, so that's not terrifying. The thing I'm more terrified is like the split between Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson and trying to figure that out because maybe Elijah Moore is Zach Wilson's guy. And he doesn't have the same rapport with Garrett Wilson. Well, Elijah, was... Elijah Moore did a lot with Mike White last year, too. So, yeah, but he, did, uh, he, still did, he still did a ton at the end of the year with Zach Wilson. Sure, sure. 
and just maybe that's a preference for him or maybe Gary Wilson's so much better. That's a really interesting scenario to look at. It's also the Jets offense. They could score zero points. So with a move conversation. <laughs> Last one I wanted to hit on though. I have JK Dobbins at number 34. I just, Justice Hill played way more than him last week. Uh, Lamar is always going to be running himself. I just want to, it feels like J.K. Dobbins is going to be a thing three weeks from now, not now. And that goes in line with uh, Inside Injuries was saying that one is they were skeptical of whether or not he was going to start the season. Two, if this was going to be a Saquon Barkley situation, that even if he did start the season in week one, he wasn't going to be 100% until the end of September. Let's talk about Saquon Barkley from last year. But what you just mentioned is that, okay, so now if you say by the end of September, that's four weeks. Well, let's start the clock at week three. That means he shouldn't be 100% until week six, maybe week seven. And on top of it, it might be that he doesn't look 100% until 2023. So I have no problem with 34. Honestly, look, I don't want to start him. I love some J.K. Dobbins, the talent, but I would start Melvin Gordon over him. I would start Miles Sanders over him. That game for me with the Eagles last week, it has nothing to do with the fact that, oh, God, Miles Sanders had a bad game. We knew this was coming. He still got 65 70% of the work out there. It just was a pass-happy game for Jalen Hurts, which is not every – that's not going to happen every single week. Jacksonville, I actually think, can keep him more in check, that being Jalen Hurts. So I would start Miles Sanders over J.K. Dobbins. I talked about the split with Cam Akers. I might even start Cam Akers. I just don't want, that's the thing is, I don't want to start J.K. Dobbins until I see him look good, and he doesn't look good yet. That's fair. I just hate those two matchups. Jacksonville, as I just mentioned, the number one run D so far this season. That's not great for Miles Sanders, who barely scores two touchdowns a year, if you need that to kind of break <laughs> it up a little bit. I, mean, I guess the case for Melvin would be sort of the opposite of Miles Sanders. He's not going to get all of the work, but his touchdown equity is super high. It is. It surely, it surely is. And that's why, I mean, that's part of the reason. And I know that the workload's going to be there. Like, even if Melvin Gordon still only 50%, it's still potentially more than J.K. Dobbins at 70%. It still might be more touches because of just how these offenses are. The Pat Mayo Experience is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is that all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. So whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your terms. And it is super easy to use. You don't need to be a tech wizard in order to set up your own website to peddle your wares on the World Wide Web. Squarespace makes that so easy, thus cutting down on the expenses you'll need to pay someone else to do it. You can do it all yourself. You can set up email campaigns to engage with your audience with Squarespace email campaigns. Collect email subscribers on your site and build connections and repeat business through regular email updates. If you're in the content space and you have a lot of videos, you can host your entire video collection, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages and sell access to your videos with member access. But the best part about it all is the analytics feature. You can use those insights to grow your business, learn where your site visits come from, where sales are coming from, then you can analyze which of your channels are the most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords and most popular products and content. It makes it all easy, all in one spot, for a very low cost, and it's something that you're going to need to do if you want to grow your business. So, Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash mayo to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. 
I got the numbers. Tons of you have done it, but not all of you. Yeah, so what you need to do right now, if you want to take charge of both your time and your meal prep, visit factormeals.com slash mayo50 and use code mayo50 to get 50% off right now. Because supporting the sponsors is in very much the same way supporting the Pat Mayo experience, which I very much encourage you to do. Eating better is just easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals, mainly because, well, yes, they are very tasty, but it's the time that they save you. Do you say you never have time to work out? Well, if you're someone that preps all your food at home, that means you need to drive to the store. You need to walk through it, make a list, get your groceries, bring them home, store them, unpack them, get the reusable bags out of the way. Then you actually have to make the meal. We're talking like two hours per meal on that. And listen, I love cooking things at home myself, but it takes an awful long time. Are you going to use an app to get takeout? Well, it's going to take you like 30 minutes to figure out which restaurant that you want anyway. Then you wait 45 minutes to get it, and it's probably like crap for you by the time it actually gets there. This is all time that you could have been like spending working out or doing work or just having some relaxation time because all of the meals with Factor are ready to go in just two minutes, and it goes with any sort of meal prep that you want to do. Do you want to do calorie smart? Do you want to do keto? I'm personally trying to bulk up right now, so I'm doing the protein plus to make sure that I hit my levels every single time. I go through, I pick what I want, it shows up. I never have to think about what I'm going to eat for three meals a day, four meals a day, whatever it might be, for like three weeks. It's fantastic. So I highly recommend that you head to factormeals.com slash mayo50 and use code mayo50 to get 50% off. That's code MAYO50 at factormeals.com slash MAYO50 to get 50% off. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Wide receiver rankings for the week. Number one comes in at Cooper Cup. Steph Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase. Amon Ross St. Brown might not play now because of this ankle injury, but I'm choosing to rank him as if he is playing, so I'm playing him. Tyreek and Waddle, seven and eight. Mike Evans coming back. Number nine, Michael Pittman, Number 10, then it goes Cortland Sutton, the only Bronco who does anything every single week. So that's always nice to see. Nice matchup, too, for him. Amari Cooper at 12, Christian Kirk, CeeDee Lamb. Imagine if he just caught that wide-open pass, how big his game would have been on Monday night, and still got there anyway. (laughs) It's great news for CeeDee Lamb. Devonta Smith, um, more on him in a second. Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, Mike Williams, even with the return of Keenan Allen, as is expected. And then you have Marquise Brown at number 20, this week so looking at it right now i, I kind of want to check down on the philly situation trying to lump those two together just a little bit because it seemed you know after week one and i'm gonna butcher this name my uh my sahara sahara region last names are not good the corner on detroit he was picked third overall missed all of last year what's his name akuda what's that akuda akuda okay so there all akuda there we are um akuda matata be- he might be a, a legitimate lockdown corner. Hey, legit, dude, he freaking threw Justin Jefferson down to the, to the ground on that one play. Justin That's Jefferson got, like, had two catches against him. He covered Devonta Smith week one, and Devonta Smith had zero catches. Like, 
teams are just not throwing at him. So that's that's why they drafted Akuda. It just took some time. Like they, they actually expected this was supposed to be who he was coming out of college. So I, I'm not ready to anoint him inside of the territory of Patrick Sertain and the Jalen Ramseys of the world, but he's at least outside. He's the club's there and he's on the door about to be the next one in the door. Yeah, do we have sort of a definitive ranking of corners we want to avoid at this point? Because it seems like we're like this is one spot fantasy wise, betting wise, doesn't really matter. We're always late to the late to this party. We only realize it a year after it's happened. It's like, oh, I hope this really keeps up. It seems like he's one. JC Horn on Carolina is a real thing. Uh, that is terrifying me. Sertain is another one. Like those three. I think that people know about Patrick Sertain, but the other two, they know that they're good, but I don't think that they're actively fading him this week. They're like, there's a reason DK is buried in my rankings this week. Yeah, I think that the reason why is so two things is you say you're kind of like late to the party is because the other problem is too, is it kind of changes from year to year. Like it's kind of almost like defenses in general. Like we're trying to talk about fan, like how many times you can see one being great, the one year and great. I mean, look at James Bradbury. He played for the Giants, came in, was kind of eh, rebounded against the Giants, was like great. And then he kind of had his play fall off, leaves the team, goes to Philly, and all of a sudden he's playing great again. But you can make the argument, does it help the fact that he's playing across from Darius Slay? Like, it's because there's so many factors involved. I think that's why. So I'd say Jalen Ramsey, you mentioned Horn. Uh, I was we, I just brought up Darius Slay. I think that we're getting close to this being the conversation. I think Lattimore is still in the conversation. I'd say Rasul Douglas is now like he, that's that's another one. It's like Douglas has been in and out of the conversation. I think some of these times, Marcus Peters in and out of the conversation. Yeah, I mean, like, but, 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 but here's the difference between Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters is someone who's going to pick off a quarterback a bunch, but I've never sweated him as a cover corner because that's that's what I was about to go to. So it's a lot like Diggs on Dallas. Like he's going to sell go. out for picks. And that's fine by me because my guy's going to burn him once a game too. Yeah. So I would say certain, I'd say sauce Gardner's. Yeah. He looks, I mean, T Higgins had a monster catch. Like he had a monster catch over him at one point. Although that T Higgins not touchdown killed me because it was a touchdown. Oh my God. But the, I the mean, sauce, has been, sauce has been really good as advertised. So like, I think there's a handful, I think a good example of one that's kind of like hit or miss like Adore Jackson a lot of times can shut people down. And then, I mean, that was a perfect fade over top of him last night, the CD lamb that like, if he doesn't catch that, I grant his coverage grade comes out of that game better, but just because of that right there, he gets dinged. So there's some that are kind of in the name, but I would say we kind of mentioned the big ones. Okay. So going back to the top 20, once again, to throw it back up, anyone inside the top 10 that you got problems with? No. Okay. Anyone inside the top 20 that you have problems with? Uh, I mean, at first glance, the Amari Cooper felt a little bit high facing Atlanta. I'm not, I'm okay with it. Um, CeeDee Lamb's okay. Devon Smith, did. Terry McLaurin. That's the one, Terry McLaurin. That's that's the one that sticks out to me a second time. Like it kind of did the first time and now I run through this again and I do it again. Like the fact is he's getting decent yards the first two games. Carson Wentz third week went completely sideways and Dallas, we just talked about it. What if, Dig sits on him. He'll probably give up a play or two, but what if that's to Curtis? Like the pecking order is clearly as of right now through three weeks, it hasn't changed as miserable as that game was for Carson Wentz. The pecking order is Curtis Samuel, then McLaurin, then Dotson. Actually, it's actually McLaurin, Logan Thomas, then Dotson's fourth. But that being said, I can't put Terry McLaurin inside my top 20 anymore because uh, I would I'm, play. I, I'm going to play Deontay. Hey, I mean, when we think about how they've fared so far, 
Who who did they get in week one? Jacksonville, whose defense and maybe pass defense is a lot better than maybe we would have expected coming into the year. Who did they get in week two? Philly, right? Or they got Philly yeah. last week, and then they got Detroit in week two. Was that who it was? For for Washington. Did they play the, Washington, yeah. Yeah, so he got basically, he got Slay one week, and then he got Akuda. But see, Slay wasn't on him the entire time. Yeah, but you, you just mentioned, like, Brad, you also have Bradbury there as well, so you have two corners okay. that are very capable. And he got taken out by a shutout corner last week who was on him the entire time. I, I don't sweat Diggs the same way, like I mentioned. I, I'm good with rolling well, the dice so on a McLaurin breakout week here. That's fine, but there's... Uh, so to go back to the corners type of situation, I'll only worry about them to a degree... And when it comes down to it, there is no way on earth I'm worried about AJ Brown with Akuda. Not even for a second. No, but I mean, can you say that again? I'm confused by what you're saying there. What oh, no, sorry. AJ, sorry, I was looking at two different. <laughs> yeah, I tried to trip you up. That's I was, I was checking you on that one. Make uh, sure I'm listening. <laughs> Make sure you're listening. I was looking at two different. You got me on the weeks, and I was bouncing back and forth between the two. So anyway. Uh, AJ Brown, no, he JJ Brown doesn't even have a kudo. He's JJ Brown's got why do you have AJ Brown down that low? AJ Brown is that I mean, this is what I talked about to begin the entire segment with. If Akuda covered Devonta Smith week one, zero catches. AJ Brown gets all of the targets in that game. In the two weeks since, it's been more Devonta Smith in terms of routes targets per routes and everything like that i mean i don't have him so low i am at number 17 and i just i moved up smith slightly above him because i think that smith is going to see more targets in this game mm. uh i'm not going to go that far yet i'll, 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 I'll come on the show and say y'all mitch you're right next week but there's no well, way listen I, this I'm is my doing... thing this is why i wanted to talk about the cover corner situation because i do think we react a little bit too late to it and this is me trying to be somewhat proactive for it. maybe i'm wrong listen i'm wrong about tons of stuff all the time I'm far more wrong than i am right about things but <laughs> if i'm ever going to be right about things i want it to be things like this that other people aren't on and i think that does that can create a distinct advantage now in your season-long fantasy lineup you're just going to play both of them if you have them or you probably don't have both of them this isn't a choice for you however when it comes to like props and daily fantasy and things like that to wait one of the over the other i think that smith might just be the more consistent play i think we're going to see aj brown's floor to ceiling be a lot different than devonta smith's okay well then to go one behind brown and behind both of them uh debo samuel has that history no problem with the rams I'd put Debo Samuel over both of them. He doesn't struggle against them at all. And he got rushing and receiving both games. Like this is actually, I think the first game was before Debo even was like kind of true Debo last year. Uh, I would go Debo over both of them at mm, CD lamb, right around CD lamb, Christian Kirk, God, Christian Kirk, man. That's so, so much good. Fun. I know. Like I saw somebody joke. I, I don't want to take credit for it. I saw the tweet go through my timeline on Sunday. It was like this Christian Kirk underpaid. <laughs> Maybe based on what we've seen so far this season in terms of what the other guys ended up getting, uh, all my Niners ranks have Trent Williams not playing. Now, if Trent Williams plays, I'm with you. I'm going to move him back up. But that offense was discombobulated the moment he left the game. That's fair. So that's the reasoning behind Debo at 19 and not up at like 12 and something like that. Rest of the rankings, 21 to 30. Let's see what we got going on here. We're we're cooking up some Deontay Johnson. Might get some Sauce Gardner in his life, although that seems more like a Claypool or even Pickens-type matchup. Pickens. Uh, 
You Claypool think plays too much of the slot now. Yeah, and I think they'll move Deontay Johnson around enough. But I stand, it's just the upside in this offense isn't great. But he's still 21 because of the target share. Cooks, Higgins, Tyler Lockett, I have at 24. I love Lockett this week. I hate Metcalf this week. That's the way that I'm going with it. And they seem incapable of actually having good weeks at the same time. So let's go with some Tyler Lockett. Drake London, Keenan Allen, Gabe Davis, Bateman, Michael Thomas, Hunter Renfro, who I expect to return this week. So, so, so sorry, Mac Collins, you had your week. Now we're back to Hunter Renfro. Brandon Ayuk, Curtis Samuel, Russell Gage, Romeo Dubs, Chris Olave, Jacoby Myers, who I expect to play this week. We'll see about that. And that's by far the highest Patriot rank with Brian Hoyer, Garrett Wilson, <laughs> DJ Moore, and DK Metcalf, Tower Boyd to round everything out. Um, Romeo Dubs might be the answer here to a lot of people's fantasy teams. Now, maybe it's just an overreaction to one week. I think that Lazard can get taken out in this game just a little bit and dubs can kind of run free. Like I still think that Lazard long-term for the rest of the season is Mm -hmm. going to be better, but I think you're going to have these big weeks and it feels like this can be one of them for Romeo dubs. Yeah. So sticking with the Packers, because there is one name in there that I wanted to move up a little bit, but with the Packers, the clear answer here is that it doesn't matter if it's like, okay, Lazard, I think they're going to be a nice one, a one B and where I could see the concern for this week kind of being, well, if teams continue to focus on Alan Lazard, he's a good wide receiver, but he's not AJ Brown. He's not Cortland Sutton. He's not Mike Evans. He's not that level of wide receiver where it's like, all right, you can only do so much to take him away. I think this compares. Kyle Pitts, stay with Kyle Pitts, buy low on Kyle Pitts because Drake London's going to help him. So I think Dobbs is going to help Lazard because like, let's get some attention away from like, dude, who are you stopping? It was just Lazard at this point. And Lazard was still doing fine because the good thing about him, why I was so high on Lazard for this year is because he actually had more end zone targets than Devonte Adams did last year. So that this tells you where Aaron Rodgers is looking, but you're right in the fact that Where's the defensive attention probably still leaning after just one game for New England? It's going to be more Lazard than Dobbs unless Dobbs continues the role, which the good news is it was a huge gap from Dobbs to anybody else at wide receiver for the Packers. It is clearly those two. And Christian Watson, even if he plays from the week two use, shows that when Lazard's out there, Watson's the backup plan for Lazard in the roles in the offense. Dobbs and Watson's roles are not the similar situation at all for this offense. So I don't think Watson is going to surpass Dobbs if he's healthy and out there. I have Chris Olave at number 35 because I have Michael Thomas playing, although it looks like it might be turf toe for Michael Thomas right now. I know I do have Michael Thomas ranked. I have him ranked and where the hell I put him number 29. So let's live in a world where Michael Thomas is out for this week. Is Chris Olave a product of late game Jameis Huckachuk or is he a real thing? (laughs) Uh, both it can be both why not okay. both as they say so i would have michael thomas and Olave back to back just going forward period and if there is no michael thomas i could see pushing him a little bit higher although he is a rookie and not that minnesota's got an amazing secondary obviously but i think they could give enough attention that you do see ro- rookies will struggle at times you know jamar chase wasn't perfect last year and justin jefferson wasn't perfect as a rookie so uh, i think there are a little concerns that if there is no michael thomas does Olave kind of get taken out to a degree so i wouldn't push him too much higher i would go 29 with thomas and then lobby 30 and then if thomas was out maybe move him up to around drake london uh, the one that what that wasn't even the name i wanted to push gabriel davis up because gabriel davis i know was kind of here to miss that game there was talk heading into that that he wasn't 100 percent 
I actually saw uh, Josh Norris was talking about that, like they were hesitant on his prop bets because of that. But the good news is he's got another week of being healthy, and the Baltimore secondary has oh, like man. dudes like me playing out there. This is just I will play third-level wide receivers if possible if it's the right offense against Baltimore. So I would play Gabe Davis. I love Deontay Johnson. I would play Gabe Davis over Deontay Johnson. So you want me to move him up to number 21? Mm, yeah. Okay. I, would. I, I can do that. I can go Gabe Davis, number 21. Easy stuff. I have the back end of the website. I can make that happen, no problem. <laughs> Deal. So, Done. Uh, just scrolling down a little bit more into the uh, 41 range, Dorch, Lazard, Jarvis Landry, if he plays, he seems more likely to play than Michael Thomas at this point. Elijah Moore, more of a wait and see. Zay Jones, Juju, Jerry Judy, Isaiah McKenzie, George Pickens. I have Noah Brown down at 50. That's only because I do think that Gallup will actually play this week. And now we're into a tread water situation of what the hell does Gallup do? How many snaps is he going to play? How does that affect Noah Brown? I don't know is the answer. And I don't (laughs) think this offense is quite explosive enough that I can take that chance. I don't think so either. I I think that's certainly fair. I, I have no hope for... Noah Brown being reliable with Michael Gallup out there. Uh, anyone else on this list that you want to make a case for? Is it uh, Sills to pay the bills V? Is that your guy now? <laughs> now that Sterling Shepard's out for the year? No, because that's gonna that role is going to get filled by either Wandell or D- Tony. Not that if I want either one play. of them. <laughs> uh, that's the thing, and I don't want any, because even their top two that it's a very limited opportunity on the field because it's like, let's say there's 50 routes in a game just to throw out a number. So there's 50 routes for the entire team of all the pass plays they run. Even if everybody, including Shepard, let's say the entire team's healthy. It'd be like the leading person still only has 30 of them. Like they just, Dable's out there rotating. He's, he's running a wide receiver by committee. There are a top two and it was Shepard and Sills and Richie James was clearly the three but he was still rotating in other pieces like Kenny Galladay and all the rest of them. And Richie James was getting to, like I said, work at the slop. And sometimes he would be one of the only two on the field. So no, I don't, it's Daniel Jones. I don't want anything to do with that offense outside of Saquon. And potentially Daniel Jones. Cause I believe he's sixth in rushing yards, fifth in rushing yards for quarterbacks now. Yeah, that's great. But, he's still, <laughs> but what is he at quarterback? Because he still hasn't thrown anything. That's like true. he's like, this is, this is even worse than Jalen hurts was last year. And like Daniel Jones is, is he even inside the top 20? I'd say he's very close. He is. He's 20. He's 20. He's one spot behind Baker Mayfield. That's oh, how, God. that's how bad he is. B- Baker Mayfield with his like two passes behind the line of scrimmage that went for touchdowns. And then that's his entire year. <laughs> that's pretty. Yeah. Thank you. LaVisca Chenault for yeah. that one. Very nice there. Tight ends for the week to try to make this one simple. You know who you start at tight end every single week. Like this shouldn't be a big shocker to anyone. Kelsey, <laughs> Kelsey, Andrews, Waller, Ertz, Goddard, Pitts, Higby. Kittle's like on the fringes until he's like 100% healthier, what this offense looks like. I put him down again because of the Trent Williams situation. If Williams is hurt, he's going to have to block more just straight up for what they want to yeah. do offensively. He's just not going to be running that many routes. Still, that makes him better than like, Hawkinson and Fryermouth. And then I have Hayden Hurst against the Dolphins. I like tight end matchups against the Dolphins when it's an integrated part of an offense. I have your boy in Joku at 12. Don't love it, but here we are. Conklin. <laughs> if it, I knew it was Flacco starting, I'd have Conklin higher. But I, Zach Wilson, I don't know how he's going to feel about that. Evan Ingram, Gerald Everett, Logan Thomas, Bob Tunyon, Dawson Knox, Juwan Johnson, and Isaiah Likely. I thought about ranking up like Irv Smith, Daniel Bellinger, those type of guys. But I mean, I don't want to play them. I'd actually, if I was going to take a shot in the dark, I'd play likely against this bill's banged up. I just know he's going to be out there so much 
that if the Bills do try to concentrate with their lack of defensive depth on Mark Andrews, that Isaiah likely can just get behind this defense. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Would you keep, is this Gerald Everett knowing that this is the second week in a row for him and he runs even more? Yeah. Okay. Then I, yeah, so for that, I, I play Logan Thomas over him. And I play Logan, and, hey, I play Logan Thomas over Evan Ingram. We just saw what potentially could go wrong for Evan Ingram is just Jacoby Myers at tight end. Yeah, but I mean, he caught the touchdown and then he didn't catch the touchdown. Like he gets that top five scoring tight end for the week. So you got me on Njoku. That's always fun to have when he goes off in a primetime spot. The, for the first time this season, we had one of three good weeks so far. And even Stefanski said, like, it's going to be very matchup dependent on when he does well. I guess at tight end, that's okay because a big week means so much at tight end. But you're still going to be living with a lot of two-point weeks with Njoku. Like, don't pretend like he's going to be something now. Oh, no, he, he's definitely not a must-start. He's definitely not a, like, hammer him out there. But I bring it to go back to why I was on Njoku even before this week to say, like, again, I wouldn't put him inside the top 10. There are names that you could lock in there every single week. But even – and I know last week's game boosted him quite a bit, but he was already inside the top 10 for team target percentage for tight ends, and now he's sixth, only behind Fryermuth, Kelsey, Pitts, Higby, and Andrews. Andrews is, by the way, 36 Percent of team target percentage for a freaking tight end. Holy crap. The next closest is 23. Quarterbacks this week, you know, it's your usual ones. I guess we should kind of nitpick some of the guys with bigger names that are down on the list. But I go Josh Allen, Lamar. They're playing each other. That's going to be fun. Jalen Hurts, Mahomes, Murray, Joe Burrow, Stafford, Mariota, Jared Goff, Tom Brady, who apparently I have listed twice in these rankings. That's I was right. just about to say, he's so good. He's there. Yeah, I got him at 10 and 11. So 11 <laughs> is Trevor Lawrence. And then who do I have? Jameis, Herbert, Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz, Cooper Rush, Aaron Rodgers, Jacoby Brissett, and Russell Wilson is where I'm going with my top 20. That leaves guys like Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, Tua, all outside of the conversation right now. People were so mad at me about me ranking Tua low last week. And I was like, all right, guys, like, well, let's, let's pump the brakes here a little bit. I think there are spots where you want to play him. I And listen, Waddle and Hill can get him there independently. Like, I have both those guys ranked inside my top 10. But I don't think it's going to be a usual circumstance where both of them go off in the same week like we saw against Baltimore, where you're going to have to start them. That's why they're ranked inside the top 10. But it's usually one has a really good week, one has a mediocre week. That's going to be the usual, I think, for Miami's offense. Well, even look at week one. They both had good weeks, and Tua still only had 18 fantasy points. So it's not a guarantee that he's even going to go off, even if both of them have top 15 wide receiver weeks. Yeah, so uh, I'm just, as a fantasy QB, it's weird that he's like a real, better real-life QB than he is a fantasy QB. But that's why I have those two guys up and the other guys buried. And those are the only two guys who do anything on that team at the same time. It's not <laughs> like, I mean, Cree Crick gets involved at some points and Durham Smythe and Gesicki every, he's like the, the worst David Njoku. But it's it, the offense runs through two guys in the passing game and then they try to run. That's it. <laughs> they do. I'm trying to look right now to see if there's anybody that I can nitpick out of your rankings because it's quarterback and it's tough and it's always flat and one touchdown can change everything. Uh, I know it's not great, but it's at home at this point in the same matchup. I would just play car over Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is legitimate. We talked about it early in the show. I, I have to see it at this point. He doesn't run, which takes away half of his game, which he was already doing for years. We've talked about this. This is not this year. He's Russell Wilson stopped running a few years ago, but it's gotten so bad at this point that this offense is not just Nathaniel Hackett. This offense looks broken. It does. 
I still think I like the fantasy potential of Wilson over Carr this week, just based on the defensive matchup alone. I mean, that's certainly fair. The Raiders haven't done much to stop any past. Yeah, like it, so. for, for like a quarter and a half, Ryan Tannehill looked like Joe Montana. <laughs> uh, I don't really have much to come back with on that one. <laughs> well, we should talk defenses then, because that's where we're going to end up here for the week again all of the rankings are up on dknation.com you can go find them pretty easily i got dallas the new york giants miami green bay chicago as the top five denver <laughs> san francisco cleveland pittsburgh cincinnati and then houston who i actually really like this week uh and their pass rush is much better than I think anyone anticipated dealing with a bang. Like Slater's gone from the offensive line. I don't know about Herbert still in terms of his health. I think that's like the the low-owned available defense you can go pick up and stream. It's not going to be horrible. At least I don't think so. Maybe they get run all over by Austin Eckler. I'm willing to chance that. Then you got the Chargers on the other side, plus the Rams, Tennessee, Philadelphia, the Jets, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and Carolina would be the other ones that I would go to in this regard. So uh, is there any defense you want to push back on me on here that too high, too low, because I'm just trying to play turnovers and touchdowns. Yeah, no, that's, that's why I I can't really pick up. I I probably have the Rams a little bit higher if there's no, as you mentioned with the no Trent Williams situation. Yeah. See, I was thinking the same thing. I probably should have them higher. They haven't been a super opportunistic defense so far in their pass rush. I mean, you just think like it has Aaron Donald. It's going to be great, but it's been better at stopping the run than actually getting to the quarterback. And I just, I I really do feel like San Francisco is going to go out of its way to attempt to run as much as possible. Maybe someone forces a fumble, they run it back, but I just don't think you're going to see a bulk of pass attempts from Jimmy G. Therefore, it pushes them down the list of overall opportunity for me. That's how I'm choosing to play it in week four. So, and this is nitpicking towards the end, but before risking like the Bucks defense who's just been kind of it and it's Patrick Mahomes before going down that road. Uh, the two that I would take a gamble on, I would take a gamble on the Vikings defense against going, I'm just going to throw it. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers for James. Jameis is back to being old Jameis, which is good for fantasy in both aspects. It's good on all ends of, that's why we love Jameis when he does that. The reckless Jameis, you can play defenses again and play the guys on his team. And then, I might be insane, but against Baker, I would. Mm, I think I'd roll the dice in Arizona over Tampa Bay. See, I I thought the same thing. It's just Carolina does doesn't he, do. Carolina doesn't do. I was anything gonna say, does he? Offense. He doesn't turn. Have what does he have? One interception and one yeah, fumble like, or something like that. They, they don't throw enough to make anyone fantasy viable. Yeah, and know, like their, their optimal game plan is what they've been doing. They want to hand the ball off to Christian McCaffrey thirty times. <laughs> Like that's not good. For, no, it's for not fantasy, good for opposing fantasy D's. Yeah. So, well, but at least yeah, Minnesota would be the one that I would take. That I, I'd be interested. I, they're probably pretty cheap on DraftKings too. Uh yeah. I actually don't know what their DraftKings price is. No, they're not on DraftKings. They play the London game. You'd have to play oh. the showdown only. Oh yeah. That's why. Ooh, but, that might be intriguing. But but that play Chicago them as your captain. That Chicago Giants game is going to be a hilarious calamity of errors on offense for both teams. It's going to it's going to be so bad. And then, you know what the week after that in London is, right? Giants Green Bay. Ooh, fun game. When's the Munich game? That's in November? I think no, I, I think it's October. I think it's oh, is it? 
I mean, they should really October? align that with Oktoberfest and really blow it out. I'll go to Munich if they do it during Oktoberfest. I think, I think it, no. So, they'll, oh, that's the London game. The weekend of Halloween is Denver at Jacksonville. Oh, great news. That's- I just got a text message that we have power back at our, at our studio. Yes. So <laughs> I'm sorry we had yes? to shoot this from my home studio again, but starting next week, I think we can do it from over there. So, yes, the Halloween game is the third London game. And then November week 10, you were right about that. November 13th is Seattle, Tampa Bay for the Munich game. I just want to check on this quickly because I, I walked through this on my Sunday show uh, or my Saturday show. If you guys are looking for more like waiver wire analysis, updated rankings, injury report, I released a show on fantasy football picks and bets. The video is up on the YouTube channel, uh, but it's on the fantasy football picks and bets audio feed. If you're ever looking for it, I do that on the weekends. I just wanted to walk through just very quickly. Where are we at here? Why am I doing Wow, this is come on football outsiders needs to get their like scroll game together it's so bad <laughs> like I, i'm trying to like get to the I'm top of the page. i stopped using their site because of this this year i got so annoyed with it it's just it's a bad interface like just stop having a drop down menu that covers the entire screen it's really stupid so i just <laughs> want to look very quickly at the best offensive lines in terms of sacks adjusted sack rate and worst so teams you can pick on teams you don't want to pick on for circumstances like this so if you can find a team with a bad offensive line that has to throw a lot that's where you want to be. You also want to weight it against the defensive line pressure at the same time. So right now, the worst in double-digit sack rates, adjusted sack rates for teams. Chicago's by far the worst, but they don't throw a ton. That's still okay. Chicago, the Giants, Washington, Cincinnati, Carolina are the five, which allow an over 10% adjusted sack rate. Just Carolina does a good job of protecting Baker by not having him throw the ball, so it's a tougher circumstance. But I do like your Arizona call because of that. The best offensive lines right now kansas city the chargers we'll see without slater minnesota jacksonville and detroit have the five lowest offensive line adjusted sack rates and not really teams that you want to pick on now going the other way in terms of defensive lines that you want that generate a ton of pressure only three have over a 10 percent adjusted sack rate dallas buffalo and san francisco new england and houston and tampa are the next three houston Number five in adjusted sack rate. So keep that in the back of your mind. So it's going against a good offensive line, but that offensive line might be shaken up a bit based, based on injuries to both the quarterback and a left tackle. Now, the other way around teams that just don't <laughs> allow sacks or don't generate sacks, Arizona, Vegas, the Giants, Indy, and New Orleans. The New Orleans thing is absolutely blowing my mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, what? That's interesting. Yeah, they, they, they've gotten a sack on less than no just about 4.1 percent of dropbacks so far what was did you have now i know you have the adjusted sack rate but do you uh do you, what was where was jacksonville with it by the way uh in terms of defense or offense offense allowing offense allowing i think they were near the very very yeah they were fourth best okay because i was looking at so pff sack percentage so the this is not just this is sack per attempts uh, 1.8% tied with the Chiefs, the fewest in the league. That's pretty good. Yeah, only two sacks in three games is pretty good. Also, they have the... Where are the Jaguars? Oh, but they're 14th in pressure rate allowed. The highest pressure rate allowed the Giants, 51.6% of the dropbacks, they get pressured. But but this is a really interesting scenario, and I mean, this is more of a real-life thing about like Cincinnati's offensive line versus Jacksonville's offensive line, two offensive lines that were completely rebuilt during the offseason and is Cincinnati's offensive line bad 
we don't know. Joe Burrow just doesn't ever get rid of the ball. So he allows a lot of these sacks to happen where yeah. if you see Trevor Lawrence, he's getting the ball out quickly. Like he's, he's feeling well, the pressure and the ball is gone. So there are five for your point here. You can kind of look at it this way too. For your point, there's only five teams with a double digit sack percentage, the giants, bears, commanders, Panthers, and Bengals. The Bengals by far of those teams have the lowest pressure rate allowed only 31%. That's in line with the lions who only get sacked 3.4% of the time because Jared Goff gets rid of it. Uh, the bills 5% despite a very similar pressure rate. So to what you're talking about, the real life scenario between the two is that's why you can kind of see the difference between the numbers. The, the two that line up the best are the bears and the giants with how much they allow and how much they get sacked. Yeah. When you have a, I mean, burrow is trying to force it in there and make plays down the field where the other two guys are just like, yeah, we'll throw some picks. Who cares? <laughs> but that's why you see burrow like that but that's why you see saw burrow at least week one especially throw so many picks because he stood in there tried to hold on to the ball and when he wasn't getting sacked he was getting hit while he threw and then threw a pick i mean you can look at it the other way too they're just this makes sense when you see it so two of the lowest pressure rate teams are the colts and rams two of the higher sack rates matt ryan and matthew stafford that stand around and stand around and stand around See, see, this is this is where we're going in the year 2022, Jake. We're trying to get ahead of the game on some of this stuff, or at least I'm trying to catch up to where people were eight years ago. Either way, I think it's <laughs> fascinating to look at, and I do think it's the best way to mine defenses. The one thing that I actually have been good at over like the yeah, past we finished 16th years. last week. Well, we came 16th. Excellent news. Excellent. Out of like 180, so ooh, that's good. That's because yeah. I I think I had Philly ranked at number two, and they were the number one D. <laughs> that's yeah. probably why. Yeah. Uh, either way, Jake. At Allen Kid on Twitter, what you got coming for us at theathletic.com this week? Yeah, waivers are out. Ranks at midnight. Ranks at midnight Tuesday slash Wednesday for everybody, including buys and sells and all that type of stuff and some random thing I feel like ranking this week. And then, of course, all in football, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We're giving away the Xbox tomorrow. They're too late to enter, but tomorrow's too late to enter. Oh, I see. You should, you should have been like telling me about this. I want to win it. And I don't want to. Win I, I told you last week. I, I don't I don't know what I'd do with an Xbox. I'd probably never take it out of the box. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's me. Tune in to, to All In Sports uh, just so you can... Football. Uh, sports football. is the old one. All In Football, sorry. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting all the names of the shows confused. It's like people that still call this the Pat Mayo Hour, although it hasn't been the Pat Mayo Hour in seven years. But, you know, here, here we are. Anyway, that is a should, long time ago. You should subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience on yeah. YouTube. Uh, smash the like while you're here. All the rankings are down in the description. Listeners League, runthesims.com slash mayo. All the stuff that I'm pimping... You should go click on. It would really help me out. All right. Thanks to Jake. Thanks to all of you for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo experience. Experience.